And I'm Coley. Welcome to the SVU Coven podcast, Little Witch Detectives. Hi. Hello. What's up? How are you? I'm good. That's um, good. Yeah. Well, um, should we just jump right into things? Yes, we shall. Cool. So I'll go ahead and start our witch talk. This is the corner of the intro of our podcast where we kind of catch up a little bit and let you guys know what's been going on with us. Um, so what has been going on with me? Uh, <laughs> it's um, my brother's birthday weekend this weekend. We're in Aquarius season right now. Uh, so Friday night and Saturday night this weekend, I've been out doing super fun things with him. So that's been nice. Last night we went to a like barcade type situation, which was, yeah, it was really fun. We got to play, uh, board games as well as, um, video games and they had like a full bar and restaurant and stuff. So we had a really good time and that was fun. Um, other than that, I've just been working. If you guys want a car update, because you know I got in a car accident um, in my new car that I had just bought, I am supposed to get it back in a couple weeks now. So that's exciting. Hopefully, I'll have my Prius back soon. Um, and we're supposed to find out soon if we're keeping our house, too. So if you're listening to this, send good vibes that I get to keep my house. Yes. Um, but other than that, Not much is going on with me. (laughs) So, uh, what's going on with me? (laughs) Um, (laughs) School started back up. Uh, We're remote for the first two weeks. So, last week and this week, we're remote. Um, Hold on. I had a brain freeze. (laughs) Oh, I dyed my hair. Yeah. We ought to post pictures of it. Yeah, um, I, uh, speaking of car updates, my car is a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, I was driving in, like, snow and slush, and, uh, all of my, well, like, five of my dashboard lights came on, um, and now when I drive it, it dings, like, completely all the time. It goes ding, ding, ding. Oh. It's so annoying. I have an appointment Thursday to go to the dealership for service to see if they can connect the body modular back to the computer. Sure. Uh <laughs> Don't know what any of that means, but (laughs) we're going with it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Um, I'm hoping to be able to use my grandmother's car on Tuesday to go to my local uh, writer's meeting. Um, That happens once a month. I haven't been in for forever because they were shut down for COVID and then when they came back it was so close to the time that after my grandmother died that I was like I can't do this right now Mm -hmm. so yeah I forgot that you went to that that's so cute and I wish that I had something like that uh around here because I remember you telling me about it and I think that's so cool yeah I love it I miss everybody. Well, that's super exciting. I'm stoked for you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and by the way, y'all, she, Coley sugarcoated it, but their hair looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and we should post pictures of it on our Instagram because it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I have to actually do it because I washed it last night. Hmm. And- it's just kind of straight right now. So I have to like put a little bit of curl back into it because it looks better when it's curled. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> that was our so, witch talk. Um, SVU comes back February 24th uh, <coughs> after the Olympics. 
Are you okay? <coughs> I'm trying not to cough. Um, I took a sip of my coffee and it went down the wrong pipe or whatever it's called. Yeah, I hate that. I'm okay now, though. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, SVU comes back February 24th after the Olympics. Um, along with the mothership. The mothership is coming back February 24th. That's so exciting. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, it's kind of crazy. And I feel like they're riding this wave of like how popular law and order has been with OC and SVU and tandem and bringing everybody back, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. I don't care. I'm like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but speaking of hiatuses, well, first, let's um, take a moment of appreciation that we are on the last episode of season one. Yes. So today we're covering season one, episode 22, Slaves, which is the last episode of season one, which means it's the last episode of our season one, technically. Yes. Um, if you take our mini-sodes and, like, special episodes aside. Um so that's super exciting and as a little reward for ourselves we are going on hiatus for the month of February um I it's kind of bittersweet because I'm so happy that we've reached the end of season one and I think it's a little treat that we get to take a break but I'm also sad because we've been recording consistently and I do enjoy like talking to you and recording with you yeah um so I'm when we were discussing hiatus this morning, I was like, oh, that feels like such a long time. <laughs> but <laughs> and it's the shortest month of the year, and I'm still like, oh. But it kind of makes sense because um I'm super busy this month. I have I'm going out of town next weekend, and then I'm also leaving on the 24th, actually, to go to Alaska. So yeah. it kind of all works out that we're taking a break for February it's also my birthday month so we can just like relax for a second but I think it says a lot about us and our show that we're like mildly sad about (laughs) taking a month off but I think we've earned it and it's worth celebrating um that I believe we started the show in 2020 so we're in 2022 now and we've reached the end of our first season which is pretty freaking dope yeah (laughs) um so if you listen to us regularly just know there won't be any new episodes coming out in february this will this episode will be released um the day before february starts so the month of february we won't have any new episodes and we will be back uh, to flood your ear holes in march (laughs) yes um But look at this segue. If you want to keep up with us in the interim, you can always follow us on social media. So uh, we do have an Instagram. We're fairly active on it. We could be more active, but, you know, we do what we can. Uh, And if you want to follow us over there, it's at SVU Coven on Instagram. We also have a Discord server uh, where we're trying to build our little coven over there as well. So if you're interested in joining the Discord, you can talk to us about tarot over there, witchcraft, Reiki, all that fun stuff. But we also talk a lot about SBU. There's voice channels if you guys want to chit-chat and get to know each other. We can also hop in the voice channels if that's of interest to you. It's pretty small at the moment, so we can kind of uh, make it grow in a way that is something that resonates with everybody. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in joining the Discord, hop on over to our Instagram, send us a DM, and we will send you a link. There's also a link in our bio. However, those links do expire after one week. So you want to get in there as soon as possible so that we can get you a fresh link and you can go ahead and join. Uh, If Discord and Instagram aren't speaking to you like they speak to us, you can always send us an email at svucoven at gmail.com. If you have any questions for the show, you want to sponsor the show, even if you want to be a guest on the show and talk to us, we would love to have a witch detective on the show. Uh, All of that can be handled via email at svucoven at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. (laughs) Yes, very much. (laughs) Um, so this is your episodic reminder to rate, review, and subscribe, um, or follow if you're on Apple Podcasts. Um, 
rating and subscribing or following are the most important. They tell the algorithm that people are listening to us and people like us. And uh, they will recommend our podcast to other people. Um, reviewing is just really nice. We lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts. And uh, we missed them. Mm-hmm. And they were so sweet. And we really loved them. Yeah. So please review and rate and subscribe because it really helps us. <laughs> yes, it does. All right. So. Shall we jump into our self-love affirmation? Yes. I sat down with the Mantra app today, which you guys know that we love. Uh, Not sponsored, but would love to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, what does our collective witch detectives need to know? And the affirmation that came up is, the past has no power over me anymore. And I love this, particularly for this episode we're about to jump into. Yeah. Um, as well as I think it's something that I often need a reminder of. I, uh, I'm no stranger to making mistakes. And I think as an anxious person, I tend to dwell on those mistakes for a long time. And I think the only way to move forward is to let go of the past. So um, I love this and it really resonated with me. If you are listening right now, I encourage you, if you are not driving or operating heavy machinery of any kind, to close your eyes and take a deep breath and just remember that the past has no power over you anymore. Yes. Um, if you are driving, please continue to breathe, but maybe don't close your eyes just to like, <laughs> you know, be safe because we don't yes. want anyone to get injured listening to the show. <laughs> Um, especially because I've been in so many car accidents over the last year and I would not wish that on my worst enemy so (laughs) please be careful yes definitely all right we are cruising right along today um I'm going to jump into the episode so today we are covering season one episode 22 of law and order svu slaves And it is the last episode of season one, as we said before. So I'm super excited to jump into it. Yes. Um, I pulled our summary from the infamous IMDb, not sponsored, but would love to be. Please help us manifest that. Um, The summary of this episode is an attorney suspected of keeping a Romanian immigrant as a sex slave is linked to a woman's murder. Mm hmm. My favorite part about IMDb summaries is that they're written by just like average Joe people (laughs) and they're either like super long and ridiculous and they cover way too much or they're like short and sweet and to the point and one sentence and there's never an in-between. Nope. (laughs) Cracks me up. All right. So this episode, it is time for psych evals. I believe our therapist's name is Abby. Audrey. Uh, Audrey, thank you. Abby's the DA. Yes. That, yes. So Audrey, I never wrote her name down, but thank you. I appreciate and that. Our uh, therapist, Audrey, is played by the wonderful Audra McDonald. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Um. So the Psyche Vals is a new program that the NYPD has put together, basically where they have a therapist come in and talk to every member of the squad. SVU has been picked to be the guinea pigs for this pilot program because they are the most stressed out squad really Mm -hmm. um so craigan is announcing this to the squad room and not one person is stoked about it they're asking very nervous questions if it's going on their permanent record is it going to be anonymous you know they're not really thrilled about the prospect of having to do this understandably because each member of the squad has their own set of issues um and are rather defensive about them (laughs) yeah so um anyway craigan goes first he says it's the blind leading the blind more on that later Mm -hmm. um i would just like to note that olivia looks amazing in this episode (laughs) yes um this is one of my favorite olivia benson outfits ever her hair is just doing it the blue sweater it's perfect she looks amazing and it was worth noting the blue um, sweater is amazing. It's so good. Like, she's just so cute. Like, Mariska's just so cute this whole episode. Like, I just... It was worth noting. Yes. <laughs> um, 
So meanwhile, a man comes in. He wants to report a sex crime, and Elliot and Olivia sit down to question him. He says he has a food stand, and two boys ran up to his food stand and stole bananas from him. They're like, uh, sir, that's a robbery, not a sex crime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He says that he's Romanian, but that's not what he's reporting. He says that a woman came up, grabbed him, and begged him to help her. She said she's trapped in a situation with a man she can't get away from. He says that he believes she was being physically and mentally abused. but Physically and sexually abused. Sexually. And mentally. But he didn't say mentally, but she... Anyway, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And he doesn't give much info other than that because he doesn't have much info other than that. Um, She did, however, hand him a piece of paper with a woman's name on it. That woman's name was Constanta. Um, Coley, you will notice throughout the notes that I spelled everybody's name wrong. (laughs) but i think you gonna... spelled constanta right okay i, I hope so you didn't even attempt could rescue no because <laughs> i knew i was gonna spell her last name wrong every time so there's yeah. no last names in this just first names but i also spelled another character's name wrong the entire time and i just rolled with it for consistency oh, I see it. <laughs> yeah it, it's pronounced the same for what it's worth yeah um <laughs> But the paper that the girl handed him said Constanta's name on it and that uh, she Constanta was right and that she needs help. He says that this report to him happened three days ago. Then we done done. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this man's name, but I never wrote it down and I forgot it. But I've been calling him the Romanian because that's what they also call him. Um yeah. He's working with a sketch artist to describe the girl. Cragen goes over the case with the squad. Uh, Olivia argues with Cragen that they need to check it out. Cragen's like, this is kind of a dead case. It happened three days ago. We have no information. But Baby Benson, in true Baby Benson fashion, is like, no, we're doing this. Like, this is happening. Exactly. And by Cragen going over the case, he says, so some woman is being abused by some man somewhere (laughs) in Manhattan. And Elliot's like, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, Olivia, of course, argues for it. And we go to start in the investigation. Yes. So Elliot and Olivia take the sketch of the girl to Constanta. She says the girl is her niece very reluctantly. At first, she says she doesn't know her. But then she says the girl is her niece and that they are not very close. Her niece's name is Elena. Um, she believes the less you tell police, the better. She hasn't seen Elena in three years. Uh, but when Elena came to New York, she was on a student visa for NYU. Olivia gives her her card and says, you know, let us know if you have any more information for us. Then Elliot and Olivia do a walk and talk. Uh, they said that they should have pressed Constanta harder, which is a growing theme throughout the episode that Olivia repeats. Yes. Um, Stabler calls for a database check on Elena, uh, including NYU. Olivia decides to send Munch over to NYU just to go ahead and see what he can see. Yep. Uh, Munch goes to NYU to see about Elena's files. And I just want to point out that Kelly Bishop, the queen, Emily Gilmore herself is in this episode very briefly just to talk to Munch. But she's one of my favorite actresses. Um, and it's really cool to see her in SVU. Yeah. Um, but if you are a fan of Gilmore Girls and grew up with it like I did, you will very much appreciate that she's got Emily Gilmore energy for sure. Yes. Um, it's very brief. She basically is just there to tell Munch, like, do you realize how many freaking students apply to NYU a year? Like, we have no way to find out any information for you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but we love Kelly, so appreciate you. Um, cut to, it's Craig and Psyche Val time. Um, Audrey asks him how well he handles his stress. Cragen gets very defensive. Uh, he accuses her of wanting to know about his drinking problem. But actually, in my opinion, I don't think Audrey was pushing for that. Um, I think she was kind of just trying to start the conversation with him more so than she was like we need to talk about your alcoholism right now yeah um but something you'll see with all the detectives is that they immediately get kind of defensive with her um and just start 
spewing stuff <laughs> yeah pretty much um um i think that was like the whole point though mm-hmm. is that they just start spewing stuff because they're also like buttoned up and closed off yeah that that's the only way they would sorry my dog just jumped on me <laughs> um, that they would um say anything yeah um, I just also find it kind of funny because Audrey's just like there and she's so chill. Like she's yeah. so chill. She's just like, tell me what's been up with you. Like what's going on? And they're like, oh my God, you want to know about this. And this is what <laughs> and I, just, I just feel, I feel for her because she's just like doing her job, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, Cragen accuses her of wanting to know about his drinking problem. Uh, but I, in my opinion, I don't think that's where she was heading directly and he admits that he does in fact have the urge to drink every day with all the shit that he sees every day uh i can't think of the exact line but audrey does say something like you see murder and torture and sexual assault every day and it's as sure as your morning coffee yeah um and i just think that's a very well written line essentially craigan gets frustrated after he blurts all of that out and he just leaves yeah um Audrey asks him if she if he thinks that he'll give in to the urge, and he says, "Ask me tomorrow," and leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we know, also with Cragen's alcoholism, he does um pretty well. Yeah. So, all's well. Cut to Elliot and Olivia are asking people now on the street if they recognize Elena from her pictures. I forgot to mention earlier when they were talking to Constanta, they did get an actual picture of Elena. Um, This guy that's dressed up in clown makeup and he's making like balloons for children. uh, He tells Elliot that he he sees her all the time, uh, that he made her a green ladybug (laughs) and that he never forgets a customer's face. A paying um, customer's face. A paying customer's face. And uh, he says that he regularly sees her with a little girl about eight or nine years old. Olivia says she's too young to have a daughter that old. He says, you know, she was she's a nanny, that they're in the heart of, like, where nannies take the kids. Yeah. Um, and he says that he had seen her as recently as yesterday. Yes. Um, Elliot and Olivia tell Cragen everything that they've just learned. Cragen is pissed, naturally as per usual um elliot gets a call about a dump job which i hate that phrase but Mm -hmm. essentially about a body being dumped somewhere um and olivia's card was in the victim's pocket they go to investigate they're told a fisherman found the body and it turns out to be none other than constanta herself um she was rolled up in a rug which i forgot to write in the notes but that's important For you guys to know for later. Yes. Um, and they go to the ME, I believe, and they say that something stopped Constanta's heart instantaneously. He can't find a puncture wound where she would have been injected. Olivia suggests to check under the tongue, and of course, it is there. And it's kind of gross because they open her mouth to look at it, and you hear all her like spit sounds, and I just hated that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's important to note that mm-hmm. Elliot suggests looking in all the typical addicts hiding spots. So between the toes, behind the knees, the genitals, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And he couldn't find it there. Yeah. And Olivia, that's what Olivia says. What about under the tongue? So. And that's where it was. Yes. Um, back at the squad room, Cragen questions how it's possible that somebody else could have injected Constanta there. Um, Li- Olivia says once again that they should have pressed Constanta harder in their questioning. Um, from here, Elliot and Olivia go to investigate Constanta's house. Munch and Jeffries come in um, and Liv gives them her mail to go through. They make some jokes. Um, not a huge scene there. No, um, it's funny though because when they when Munch and Jeffries come in, Jeffrey says, "Are you guys in here?" Mm-hmm. And, he's, and Elliot says, "Nope." He's like, "We're not." No. <laughs> um, and I forget Munch says something ridiculous when he takes Constanta's mail, and Jeffries goes, "That's my partner." Yeah. <laughs> so cute. I love like the friendship dynamic. Yeah. Me um. Too. 
Munch and Jeffries go to interview people that Constanta works with. Uh, they find out that Elena had met a businessman who wanted to help her and Constanta had warned against it. Uh, a plane ticket had been purchased for Elena and the man never heard from her after. Oh, cut to one of my favorite scenes in the episode. Mm-hmm. It's Olivia's psyche eval. So Audrey asked about why Olivia chose to work at SVU. Olivia admits, you know, that her um, mother had been raped and Olivia is a product of that. And so it's an issue very near and dear to her. Um She's asked about her ability to be objective. And Olivia basically says, like, you know, I'm I'm fine. I'm doing good. They Audrey asks her about when Olivia had to use deadly force and Olivia gets defensive. And what's important about this defensiveness is it's actually about protecting Elliot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was like, that's my partner. I did what I had to do. Yeah. Um, Audrey then asks, this is my favorite part. Audrey asks Olivia if she couldn't be a sex crime detective, what would she be? And Olivia gets really choked up like she's about to cry and can't answer Mm -hmm. uh, because it's all she's ever wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, From here, we go to, I forget the name of this particular job, but they're investigating the rug that Constanta was wrapped up in. looking for any details and they did in fact find a human hair that they can test for dna and let's just let's not forget to mention the rug was a five thousand dollar (laughs) rug very fancy rug very fancy perp with money as elliot says yes uh munch and jeffries go to find out about the uh mysterious plane ticket Munch gets a phone call while they're there and it's kind of funny because Munch is ragging on them for not answering the ringing phone and then it turns out to be Munch's phone. Yeah. Which seems to be a theme with him for some reason. They're like, here's an old man. Let's make him as old as possible. Um, While he's on the phone, they find out that the guy that bought Elena a plane ticket is Randolph Morrow uh, and the address is incoming and Munch will be reporting it Elliot and Olivia go to Randolph's house, which for the rest of the episode, I refer to this couple as Mr. and Mrs. Morrow. So just in case anyone gets confused here. Um, And while they're at the Morrow's house trying to get in, they're at the door. Elena literally walks up to them. (laughs) Yes. And... Uh, they say that they got her message. Elena says she doesn't know about all that. A girl walks up and jumps into her arms, which we can assume is the girl that she babysits. Mm-hmm. Uh, they a- they go into the house with Elena and they ask where the Morrows are. She says that they're at work. Uh, they tell her that her aunt has been murdered, to which she has no emotional reaction whatsoever. Uh, Elena says that she didn't give the message to anybody and she hasn't seen her aunt in three years. Um, it's important to note also that she's very frantic because she wants to get dinner ready because Mr. Morrow is very particular about having dinner on time. She's very nervous about that. Yes. Uh, Olivia asks her as they're leaving specifically why Elena didn't end up attending, uh, NYU. And Elena looks disgusted and slams the door in her face. Pretty much. Um, Back in the squad room, the squad is kind of debating the case. They're going over everything that has just happened. And Audrey's sitting there in the background, you know, because she's doing the psyche vows or whatever. And she suggests that it could be Stockholm Syndrome. And I put a note in here because I think it's very interesting how Munch and Audrey seem to be the only ones educated on what Stockholm Syndrome really is. Mm -hmm. Not to say that the rest of the squad isn't, but it seems like maybe in this time period in the 90s that it was being filmed in, that Stockholm Syndrome wasn't regularly talked about like it is today. Yeah. Um, Because they just didn't even consider it. Until Audrey said something. Whereas my thought process, it would be one of the first things that I just naturally assumed was happening. Yeah. Um, It's also important to note that when Audrey suggests Stockholm Syndrome, I believe it's Elliot who says brainwashing. Yes. He's kind of like, he's not dumbing it down, but like, he's simplifying it. Yeah. 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 Um. 
And it seems as if it's something that maybe is just not talked about all the time, because I believe at the time it was pretty well researched. Um, But I think maybe they just weren't discussing it as regularly as we do now. And I thought that was interesting Uh, because if you're like me, when you watch the old episodes, you clock things like technology or things that are pertinent to the 90s. Um, So interesting. And also, I do think that's what was going on. (laughs) So or a little bit of what was going on anyway. From here, we cut to Munch's psyche vow. And he does the same thing where he gets defensive and deflects. Uh, I think it's funny that right out the gate, Audrey immediately asks if he has a girlfriend or if he's dating anybody. Uh, Munch is pretty straightforward, admits you know that he has intimate, intimacy issues and suffers from melancholy, alluding to having depression. He says that he's a lousy date, but a good cop. Uh, she asks him if he deflects personal questions with jokes. And he was like, do you deflect jokes with personal questions? Um, And then he kind of sits down and he's like, listen, I'm not good at talking about me. Why don't you talk about me? And I wrote in the notes that she reads Munch to filth because she really does. She really does. My favorite line of that entire um, diatribe that Audrey says is you could find a conspiracy at a five-year-old's lemonade stand. Oh, so good. (laughs) And basically, Audrey looks him in the eyes and she's like, you've given up on relationships, but you still believe in true love. And the pain of never having found that is unbearable. Yeah. Um, And I love that line. They're giving Audrey some bangers in this episode because she, it's just so true. And I think that's why I love my, so much because he's always been a believer in true love but he's never found it and the shit that he goes through on a daily basis is so rough and you just can't help but root for munch in my opinion yeah uh from here elliot and olivia go to interview people that might know the moros uh or elena they do a walk and talk with some of their neighbors i believe um and these two, this couple says that Elena has only been working for the Morrows for one year, not three. And then we find out that Mrs. Morrow is a vet and Mr. Morrow is a banker. Mm-hmm. Um, both career people. Yes. Essentially. Elliot and Olivia go to interview Mr. Morrow at his office. And I can't remember this actor's name. I should have looked it up. Um, he's a famous actor. I, I just can't remember his name. Um, but he is in his office and he says that he's never met Elena's aunt. They didn't know that she had relatives in the city and that he's sorry for her loss. He says that he met Elena in Romania and he needed a nanny and she needed a job and that she's been with them for about three years. But the way that he said it was they asked if she had been with him for three years and he was like, Oh, three years. Has it really been like, he was like, I guess it has been that long. Yeah. Um, his assistant comes in, she's organizing some stuff and he's a dick to her. He says that he wants the blinds adjusted by like mid afternoon every day. And then he goes, what time is it? And she's like three 30. And he's like, come on now. Um, which is just ridiculous. He can adjust his own freaking blinds. Um, so finally they ask him where he was, um, during the time of the murder. And he does have an alibi. He was tied up in meetings. Um, and, As they're leaving, Olivia goes, oh, you have something on your suit. And she plucks it off of him and uh, come to find out in their walk and talk that it was actually a hair of his that can be tested for DNA. So I love that little Olivia smooth move moment. Um, They get a phone call or Elliot gets a phone call and they find out that Constanta was killed by euthanasia, which I believe I spelled wrong also. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you but did. it's, funny. it's <laughs> funny because um, I watch the episodes with subtitles on, mm-hmm. and they kept calling it euthanasia with a B, <laughs> and I was like, "That doesn't make it. That's that doesn't. That's not a thing." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, Constanta was killed by euthanasia, which, if you aren't aware, is what you know when you're animals getting put down they euthanize them it's that drug that you inject them with um which vets have access to right 
So Elliot and Olivia go to interview Mr. Mrs. Morrow at the vet office that she works at. They ask if she and Elena get along. And she says that her husband selected Elena. They ask if her husband is close to Elena. And Mrs. Morrow's just really dodgy about it. She's like, you need to talk to my husband. My husband would know better. Things like that. Yeah. Um, they ask her um, vet tech, Barry, if they have their own pharmacy at the vet office, to which he says yes. They ask if it's monitored, and he's kind of like, well, you know, we don't work on humans, so it's not as heavily monitored as it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot gives Barry his card and says to call if he thinks of anything else. Yes. So from here to the B plot we go. Uh, Jeffries is having her psych eval, and oh boy, is this a big one. Yes. Um, and when I think of Jeffries... This scene is what I think of. Yeah. Um, Audrey talks to her about her recent injuries where she almost died and asks if that, you know, has affected Jeffries in some way. And Jeffries is kind of like, well, actually, it's affected me in a positive way because I'm way more confident. I knew the day would come that I would almost die like that. And it came and it went and I'm still standing. And um, Audrey asks her if she is in a relationship or was in a relationship. And Jeffrey says she was in a long-term relationship, but when she started at SVU, that pretty much ended. And she had been celibate after that up until she almost died. And since then she has started dating again, dating lots and lots of men, her words. Yeah. Um, She says that she's been feeling restless. And then there's a moment which all the detectives are doing this where they just start spewing (laughs) stuff that um happened to them uh but she basically tells audrey that she was at a bar she met a guy and couldn't place where she knew him from and when they left the bar she clocked that he was a suspect on a previous case from about a year before and audrey said well what did you do and jeffrey says i went home with him Mm -hmm. um and it's just so fascinating to me but more on that at another time yes so jeffries leaves the psyche valve munch asks if she's okay you can tell that jeffries is kind of rattled munch is concerned because he said that after talking to audrey he wanted to eat his gun and jeffries kind of just leaves but munch gets distracted because the vet fairy comes in asking for elliot and olivia so munch has to deal with that yeah um but i think that scene is worth noting Um, which is why I put it in the notes. Uh, Barry talks to Elliot and Olivia, and he says that euthanasia went missing from the animal hospital a few months ago, which is all they needed to bring Mrs. Morrow into interrogation. They ask her about it. She says that she took the euthanasia for herself, uh, but then she admits to killing Constanta because she threatened their routine in their house. Uh, She drugged her with tea, um, evidently. And they keep asking her over and over if her husband asked her to do it, and she keeps saying no, um, that he didn't have to ask her. Yes. Elliot and Olivia break into the Morrow home. Literally, they break a window to go through the front door. Mr. Morrow is upstairs burning evidence in the fireplace, evidence being pictures um, of Elena and things like that. Uh, they pull some of them out of the fire and they arrest him. Mr. Morrow says Elena is gone and that she's not coming back. But Elliot and Olivia don't believe that for a second. And they search the house regardless. Mm-hmm. They find a locked closet and break into it. And there's all kinds of BDSM torture related devices in it. Um, something I wanted to just say here is that there is a big difference in consensually practicing BDSM and not consensually practicing BDSM. Um, And I think the lines get a little blurred in this episode about Mm -hmm. that. And they paint BDSM in a very bad way. Yeah. Um, And I just want to make sure that y'all listening know that we are not kink shamers in this house. And there are consensual ways to practice things like that. And I believe, um, like, the core rule of BDSM is safe, sane, consensual. hmm Yeah. 
And I just, I think they, they gloss over it a lot in this episode. Um, and I just felt the need to put that disclaimer out there because, um, I don't think it was intentional for them to act that way. It was just a bad guy doing a bad thing. Yeah. That was interested in some things that aren't necessarily bad, if that makes sense. Um, Consent is sexy, everybody. (laughs) I'd like to, I'd like to combat that with consent is mandatory. Yes, both. It's both. (laughs) Um, So from here, Elliot and Olivia interrogate him and he's a dick to olivia so she leaves um basically it was it's a power dynamic thing with him this is the this is the infamous i'd like your balls in a blender but ain't life a bitch scene yeah yes um olivia leaves because they clock it and usually when this happens it's because it's an alpha male thing so elliot stays and bonds with him um to get him to talk. And I think this is a very interesting uh, interrogation tactic from a psychological perspective. And they do it a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like a male and female uh, detective team. Because it's interesting to watch how those things play out. Yes. Um, but uh, Mr. Morrow claims that everything was consensual with Elena. And uh, that is, you know... <laughs> I have thoughts on that, but I'll say them later. Um, Elliot leaves. They think that they have him kind of right where they want him. Um, but they find out that the hair sample from the rug actually belongs to Mrs. Morrow and not Mr. Morrow. Right. Um, Elliot and Olivia go to find Elena. Um, but there's a cut scene here at the courthouse where the ADA uh, is defending SVU's process because essentially... They didn't have a warrant to gather evidence, even though they know there's evidence in the house. She's trying to get a warrant, um, but SVU kind of went about it a little bit backwards, and it actually wasn't their fault this time, I would argue. Yeah. Um, but they did what they had to do. The judge argues that they don't have probable, probable cause. Um, however, something I wanted to know, it goes back to what we were talking about a second ago, is this judge actually says what I was saying, where he's like, just because somebody has BDSM things in their house doesn't mean that it's not consensual. Um, and I just, I, I did like that. I appreciated his candor there. Um, so from here, Elliot and Olivia go to the hospital, um, and they find out that Mrs. Morrow was on ketamine. And that she actually has a ketamine habit. It wasn't just a one-time thing. (laughs) They go to talk to her and they tell her that Elena is missing. And basically kind of allude to the fact that her daughter could be next. If Elena's gone, who is Mr. Morrow going to turn to? Because he did it to his wife too, didn't he? And I wrote, didn't he? Specifically because Olivia says it like three or four times. Yeah. Um. That so Mrs. Morrow says to them that he kept Elena in a closet for the first six months that they had her. Um, and they have no idea what she went through. She let what happened to Elena happen so he would stop doing it to her. Right. Uh Elliot and Munch go to interview Mr. Morrow, which is another alpha male thing with that team. So they left Olivia out of it this time. Um he says that he can not only controls his wife now, but that he controls Elena and that she will listen to anything that he says. Mm-hmm. But what's really particularly funny to me about this scene is Elliot starts telling him to stand up. And then when he stands up, he's like, sit down. And then he does it again. Yeah. And Elliot's like, who's in control now, bitch? <laughs> like, much. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I just love it. I just think it's so funny. Um, Olivia is looking at the photos that they gathered from the house and she sees Jeffries picks up a photo of a box, like a girl in a box. Um, or it, I, you can't like see it totally, but in the background you can see that $5,000 rug that Constanta was rolled in. Yes. Um, Elliot comes out and he, uh, one of them looks back at the call log with Mrs. Morrow where she said that the rug was um, in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. so they know where to look Elliot and Olivia go back to the house and th- 
they find Elena under the bed. There's like a piece of wood blocking under the bed. They pull that off and then they see a chest and they pull it out. And it's a box that has like a cage window on it um, so that she can breathe. But Elena was in the box under the bed. Yes. Um, I think what's important to note about this scene going back to Stockholm Syndrome is that when they pull Elena out of the box, she's like, please let him know that I was good and that I didn't make a sound. I didn't give myself away. Like, I was really good. I stayed hidden. Um, mm-hmm. Which I've, I thought was interesting. Yeah. We now go to Elliot's psych eval. And if you watch the show, you know why they saved him for last. Yes. Because there's just so much to unpack with Elliot Stabler. Um, but Audrey asks him how long a case like this stays with him. He says a while. Uh, she asks if he, like, how he winds down after a case. He says spending time with his wife and kids. She asks him if he discuss, discusses cases uh, with his family. And he says no. He keeps that out of the house. And if you remember... a. F- some episode ago, Kathy was actually asking Elliot, like, to talk about a case, and he was reluctant to do so, and she was like, well, do you tell Olivia? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. I think it was two episodes ago. Yeah. And that makes me think of that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, She, Audrey asks him how the child cases impact him. Um, Elliot asks her if she's ever seen a child with no soul, because he has. Um, And essentially, at the end of the interview, he says that he constantly thinks about how he could get away with killing um, the perpetrators that he deals with on a daily basis. From here, Audrey goes to talk with Cragen, kind of just to break down, you know, her results of the psyche vows. And I just, Cragen looks at her and she walks in and he goes, how goes the witch hunt? And I just felt like I needed to note that for obvious reasons. Um, (laughs) She says that someone in the unit is very close to a breakdown and she would recommend that they immediately be removed from duty. Uh, In the background, you can see the squad hanging out in the squad room. They're all laughing and they just look really genuinely happy to be experiencing time together, which I think is very important. And then Cragen looks at Audrey and says, who? And then we Dick Wolf. Yep. Which is like, what a banging way to end this episode. <laughs> to end the season. The season. Like, you just don't know. Like, if you if we flashed back to, like, this time period, you wouldn't know who's leaving or what's happening until the yeah. next season. Exactly. Which we know because we've seen them all, but still. <laughs> it's just, oh, what a good way to end season one. Yes. Um. And now I shall do my tarot reading. But that is our episode. So let me pull a card here. Um, I can't believe we're done with season one. That feels crazy. All right. So I'm using my trip and wait tarot deck. And I actually pulled the full card for this one. Which is one of my favorite cards, but also what's interesting about the deck that I am using is that it has two of the full card in it. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to traditional decks usually only have one. But the full card to me, um, a lot of people look at it and they think it's about being naive and being easily manipulated and things like that. Uh, but to me, the fool is a reminder to always see the good in life. I think we get consumed by negativity a lot as human beings. I, at least for me, I think it's easier to be negative and being negative is something that's relatable to everybody. Yeah. So complaining and being stressed out and looking for the worst case scenario, it's something that's very tangible to us as human beings. And it's almost more difficult to be optimistic and find the positive in everything. Um, and so when I pull the full card, it's one of my favorites because I think there is a, it is easy to be naive and positive, but it's more of a reminder of, Hey, you can be optimistic and you can be positive and you can see the best things in life, but still have your wits about you. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are naive just to tread carefully 
So as you are looking on the bright side of things, just know, you know, that life is not always easy, but it's still beautiful. Um, and I think this card kind of goes well with this episode as they always do. Um, because I think especially with the psyche vows, you're looking at them talking about a lot of negative things going on in their lives. But then at the end of the episode, you see how happy they are to yeah. be in each other's presence and to work with the people that they do and that there's still things in life that they enjoy. Um, so from a squad perspective in this episode, I think the fool makes a lot of sense. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's our freaking episode, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh we blew through that one but i am happy with it and if you are still here with us right now i am going to remind you to follow us on social media because we are going on hiatus for the month of february so there won't be any episodes this month so if you want to keep up with us you can head over to our instagram at svu coven we post about the episodes there and updates and things of that nature Yes. Uh, likewise, if you're interested in joining our Discord server, which we would love it if you did, we want to grow the coven. Um, you can hit us up on Instagram for that link to join. If you don't know what Discord is, it's kind of like a chat server. Uh, if you're familiar with Slack, it's like that. Um, we talk about tarot and we talk about SVU. We send the memes, all that fun stuff. Yes. So that link to discord does expire after seven days. So you want to get in there as soon as possible. There's a link in our bio on Instagram, or you can DM us for an updated link. Um, if discord and Instagram aren't speaking to you, you can always send us a good old email at svucoven at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, you have questions you want us to answer on the show comments. If you want to sponsor us, which we'd love all of that can head over to our email, which is, again, svucoven at gmail.com. Yes. Um, also, rate reviewing and subscribing. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Rate it's review and subscribe. <laughs> or follow if you're on Apple Podcasts. You know the drill. Yeah. Um, that's our show. That's our show. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you in the next episode. Yes. Um, I love you. I love you too. Blessed be. Blessed be.